Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Topics. It's Toby and Graham here and this week we'll be discussing Formula One, AI and places we'd like to go once and followed by sporting bands. But first, how was your weekend? What have you been doing? My weekend was good. My weekend involved my car as always, underneath my car, getting um, bits of rust in my eyes, which is great. I'm pretty sure that's going to take some years off my life. And St. Patrick's Day. Oh. Um, St. Patrick's Day was an interesting one. I didn't actually go big because it was Sunday. And actually, I went into town and had a single pint. And your body doesn't let you go big. And, and my body <laughs> nearly rejected that. No, it was fine, fortunately. But you know what? St. Patrick's Day, Patrick's Day annoys me because I love Guinness. And I have them for crikey. Ages and ages. Like, I, I drink Guinness every week near enough it's always pretty much my drink of choice if it's either you know there's nothing really crafty on offer and when you you feel like such a I don't know you know when on St. Patrick's Day you go in there and they're like oh he's clearly just having a Guinness because yeah. St. Patrick's Day you kind of want to go no no honestly I like it yeah. normally as well I promise <laughs> yeah I'll be like I want to go in and just be like to, you know brand new bar I've never been to the usual place which is a Guinness because I usually drink Guinness yeah. as well <laughs> So, yeah, I've been drinking it since I was five, okay? <laughs> that's, why, that's why my face is so wonky. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a nice Guinness though, so I can't complain too much. Yeah. How about yours? Um, so it was my birthday on Monday, so uh, we're in Buxton, Buxton for the weekend. Uh, for any international listeners, that's in Derbyshire in England. Um, and we went to Buxton Brewery three times, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, had like probably all of the beers, including a thirteen point eight percent stout, Crap. which was ridiculous but also delicious. And obviously my favourite beer, which I've shown you many many pictures, was the um, blueberry froyo. So it was a, sl- uh, a sour blueberry beer, topped off with uh, they call it a soft serve or an ice cream beer, but basically it's topped off with slushied beer, and it was just the best thing I've ever had. It looks. Wicked! It looked—I mean, it looked like my ideal beer. I love yeah, it. and it, it wasn't just a gimmick though, because originally I was like, "Oh, it's just a gimmick," but it's not because the icy stuff melts really quickly, and you just get the foam. And everyone loves a head on the beer, but with keg beers, it like disappears. But this stayed forever. It was just—oh, it's great. That is good. I mean, that's ingenuity and a new way to stick out, isn't it? Yeah, which is what everyone really wants to do nowadays. So. And then obviously we watched the Six Nations. Um, um, which was started out disappointment because obviously we wanted Wales to uh, Wales to lose and Ireland to win and they didn't do that. Ireland got thrashed, and then, well, the England game. I've never seen so many people so excited by a draw, because that last try right at the end, everyone in the pub that we were in went absolutely nuts, and then everyone realised, oh, we've just almost lost to Scotland again. You. Yeah, I actually, actually, I was at the brewery at that time. I went to a brewery this weekend, Framework Brewery. Oh yeah, in Leicester. Uh, good beers actually. And what was interesting about that? Sorry, side note. What was interesting about that brewery? They pretty much entirely brew on about four to five percent, nothing strong, which is pretty yeah. rare nowadays it for, is rare. Yeah. for for a craft brewery. Um, but I came home then and saw the last seven minutes, and I was like, I felt like I'd watched an entire match. Just 30, that thirty-one nil. <laughs> To 31 all. You know what we're saying about greatest comebacks last week's in last week's episode? 
That's got to be that's got to get up there straight away, hasn't it? It's Scotland's comeback there. I think I think I was chatting to my dad about it, and he wanted England to win, but he was like he wouldn't have minded that much if Scotland <laughs> yeah. because of the story it would have been yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But on the theme of sport, should we move on to the first topic? Yes. Obviously, we've got to have beer to so wash the topic down. Please do. So today's first beer is uh, an Omnipolo special from where's Omnipolo from Stockholm. Um, and it is a Tropic Lollipop Double IPA at a nice round 8.8%. Wicked. That is the strongest lollipop I've ever had. So this is like a highly alcoholic calippo. Yeah. And I've never had it. But as with most Omnipolo beers, I've he- have heard incredibly good things. Fantastic. It's, not, it's a nice, neat little bottle, actually. It comes in a bottle as well as in a can. And it's... I don't know, it's nice, it's, it's just a nice little brown. It looks also, it looks like what ginger ale would come in. Yeah, it's the same size as a, just a generic Budweiser bottle, but it looks a lot it? prettier, doesn't it? It does look prettier, yeah. It looks, I mean, it looks, yeah. Kind of nice, right? Cheers. Cheers. It smells a bit like lemony grapefruit. It, it smells like it could be slightly sour. It doesn't smell out of the world. Out of no. The world. Oh, sherbet lemons. Dumbledore's office just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, nice the, the, the smell and the taste don't match I think the taste is a lot more um, tropical juicy um, sort of like a classic juice bomb sort of thing but with a bit more bitterness it is juice bomby it is it is juicy it's Highly drinkable though. Deceptively, eight point eight percent. Yeah, because it almost tastes. It does almost taste like you put half a glug of um, juice mm, in there, just yeah. re- regular old, uh, you know, some sort of fruit juice. It's, that is nice. That's alcoholic juice, and I like alcoholic juice. Mm. It's funny because Om- Omnipolo, these guys do a lot of collaborations with Buxton. Where I was at the weekend, so that's why I'm I'm bringing Buxton. Uh, so. Uh, uh, Omnipolo beers to the table this evening. Mm. Um, yeah, they do. I don't know why they have such a big relationship with them, but they come out with some really wacky things. I mean, like this. It's called you know, Tropic Tropic Lollipop. How do how do breweries breweries from different countries collaborate? Is it is it ideas they collaborate, or do they literally send brewers? They will send the brewers over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they will send the brewers over, and often you can tell um, where they did it. So I don't know if this one. Yeah, this this one is a, a collaboration, but the first name is Omnipolo. So they they're the ones who are actually physically well, not they all brewed it, but they did it in the Omnipolo uh, premises, which I actually think Omnipolo dots around a bit as well. I don't think they have a fixed brewery. That's cool. And then uh, the Wednesday, like with the one we've got later, the Buxton, whenever they do a collaboration with Buxton, they'll often do it at Buxton. Oh, I see. Is that just better facilities, do you think? I think that? it's because, of, well, I think it's better facilities, but then also because beer's so huge in the UK right now, if we see, if we can get hold of it easier because it comes from Buxton, huge. Better all round. I see. So good for everyone. Good for the wallets. Right. Fantastic. Well, that's a good bit. And what would you give that a rating? Oh. What are, we gonna, what, are we gonna rate beers? Yeah, I think it, it, yeah, it, it, it's always hard starting a rating because you've got nothing to compare it to. Yeah, um, um, I, would, I would out of ten. Are we gonna go for a ten out of ten? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven ish. It's much better than average, definitely. Mm. You know, better than just a regular session session IPA. It's 
I'm going seven for that. Seven's good. I'm going to follow your lead yeah. and, and, and land on that spot. Right. So, Formula One happened on Sunday. Of That's the ri- most ridiculous time of yes. ten past five in the morning because in Australia. Your topic, do you want to crack Yeah, that? of course. That was something else which we both did this weekend. Uh, of course, got to up at 5am. Uh, it's probably a bit harder for you because you were in the pub quite late. Yeah, I didn't last long when I woke up. I woke up <laughs> at 10 past 5, felt quite awake, and then I got to about like the 15th lap, and I was like, really, I probably should actually sleep. You, you were right to, to be honest, because... It was, and then nothing happened. It was a literal snooze fest for yeah. you. I woke, I woke up just before the end as well, which was ideal. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, nothing happened there either. No. Though. I saw Max Verstappen overtake someone. Uh, he overtook Sebastian <laughs> Vettel. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It was, it was nice to have the se- season underway. I think Melbourne is a very poor choice of a race to start the series, the Formula One season mm. on, because... Undoubtedly, you're going to have people who have either come back to Formula 1 and thought, right, I'm going to give this season a go. You know, they've improved the cars slightly. Things should be good this season. Or people who have come in for the first time, you know, completely the first time, and thought, my friends have been telling me to check out Formula 1. I've done it. So here I am, getting up at 5am, and then you're on this street circuit, which is notoriously hard to overtake on. You know, it's second maybe only to Monaco and maybe Singapore as well, actually. But therefore... You, you're just gonna you know other than the hardcore fans who are just you know like me who are idiots and like to watch the cars go round and round doing nothing it's you're never gonna actually have a really yeah. good race that's, well, that's good I think you said that they improved they improved the cars this year for overtaking yes and what it meant with a circuit like Melbourne was they were just closer that was it and nearly overtaking but just couldn't still yeah so obviously that must get to the point where it's just the track's fault it is the track's fault because You've got this amazing. You've got the you've got the long straight down to the first corner, and but you've got this really long, fast, sweeping mm. corner. There's no braking zone there, really. Therefore, there's no overtaking yeah. zone there. And the whole street, you know, it's set out, and it's. I think it's a, you know, it's in qualifying. It's an exciting circuit because it's fast, and yeah, it's got that really slow section at the end. But in terms of racecraft, yeah. it's actually very poor to to have an entertaining, entertaining um, race. I mean. Yeah. The fact that the midfield of all these really close cars were bunched up for so long. The fact that Pierre Gasly, who I think I rate quite highly as a driver, couldn't get past Daniel Kvyat, mm. who is also a very good driver. I'm glad he's back. But in the in the lesser car, in the lesser car, in the, well, the uh, baby version of the yeah. of Red Bull, isn't it? it? So it just proves that there's some, that it's, it's something wrong with the circuit, and yeah. also it sh- at least shouldn't be the first race yeah. in the calendar. But Bottas. But Valtteri Bottas brought us yes, yeah. and surprising for Mercedes as well. They, 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 all of the sort of um, queries and stuff that came from testing, or you know, my opinion was Ferrari going to blow them out of the water, and all this sort of, all that sort of stuff. Kind of, at least for now, has been put to bed a bit, hasn't it? It's kind of yeah, okay, Mercedes are back on top. Our predictions from last week were yes. so wrong, so wrong. <laughs> So what did I predict? I predicted, I think, that Renault were going to be better than Red Bull. You did. Because new engines equals new woes. Yeah. Alas, I yeah. was very wrong. Uh, we both definitely predicted that Ferrari were going to be well, We predicted charge. the exact same top three as well. Of course we did, yeah. Which was, I believe it was Vettel, Vettel, Hamilton, Leclerc, was it? I think something like yeah. that. Yeah. That just didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> no, it was, no, I mean, Ferrari told Leclerc to 
hold position and not overtake Vettel. So he could have been ahead of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Verstappen made the move though. Martin Red Bull are getting on the podium in the first race. Here we with go. With a Honda engine, something McLaren yeah. didn't manage yeah. for years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's right. Toby's team's Red Bull. My team's McLaren. Which I did still feel gutted about Ricciardo ruining his car in probably not the first 10 metres. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. I mean... Oh, it was just a bit of grass. You see it and it's just, it just goes. It yeah. just absolutely disappears. Yeah. It's, whether that... You know, I don't know... It was unfortunate because it'd be interesting to see where he finished. Yeah. But Although, where did Nico Hulkenberg come? He was 8th or something like that? Yeah, so middle of the park, yeah. He was, so, <coughs> uh, and he was ahead of Danny Rick, so that could be addictive. But, um, yeah, it was... Valtteri Bottas was the, the highlight of the whole thing. Because yeah. Because he, he was fighting. When they told him not to go for the fastest lap, he basically said, screw you, I'm yeah. doing it. Which I think is great, because then that's, that shows the point of having the fastest lap as an extra point. Yes. It's, it's, it's not, um, you know, every point counts. And there with these sort of championships, every point should count. So, yeah, absolutely you should go for the fastest lap. Absolutely. But it was unusual that, um, who was in fifth place? Uh, Leclerc. Mm. It was peculiar that Ferrari didn't pick Leclerc, put on some fresh rubbers and get him to pick it up because he was far enough ahead yeah. to get that extra point. But anyway, um yeah, the fastest lap worked out really nice then because I did think to myself, it added that slight ten, 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 tenseness that Bottas is going for this. Yeah. He could fluff it all, yeah. which was great. So it worked out. And if that carries on working out like that, then Absolutely. no complaints. That was great. Yeah. What do you think this means for the rest of the season? Do you, do you think it's going to be, uh, at, well, even, maybe even further away from when it was last year with Mercedes further out ahead or, or, or are the top two still very close? The last two seasons, <coughs> the Ferraris have qualified second and to the Mercedes. Mm. Well, last season, Fettel was second overall. Um, and yet they won last, week, last year, especially, which was purely by luck because mm. it's a lucky safety car. Therefore, Melbourne is not Ferrari's track mm. at all. It's a bit concerning that they were so far behind because Mercedes have always made very well-rounded cars. But I think Ferrari, as soon as it gets to Bahrain, will be yeah. much stronger. And I think the season will be close. Yeah. So you don't think Red Bull are going to win the whole thing? Because I'm still hoping for it, somehow. <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't, it's, the it's strength not happen, of Red Bull at the end of last season... It but could happen. That's the only thing is, be halfway through the season, they'll do something, and then all of a sudden, they might be they might be uh, fighting for the number one spot. Mm, I but think by that time, it'll be too late. Yeah, I think as soon as the big tracks, which need more power, come through, the Honda power units all of a sudden going to show that it's not on a par with the mm. big, the Mercedes and the Ferrari power unit. You and just want that because because of McLaren as well because you wish they never got rid of that engine. <laughs> I do a bit. I was furious at the time. I remember saying to you, I'd rather get rid of Fernando Alonso than get rid of Honda because Honda are going to make it work. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's. I would actually like it. I'd like it very much though mm-hmm. if Red Bull were in the fight, three way fight between. Always more fun. Always more. Potentially fun. six drivers in it now in you know in every race yeah. rather than two or three. Who doesn't love a good three way? Okay, and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. Right, when's the next race? Two weeks time, isn't it? Uh, I don't yeah, one yeah. and a half weeks now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to the next one? Onwards and forwards. So, 
mine's probably a bit more um, intense very much more intense I was even researching this earlier and it kind of hurt a little bit um, <laughs> but let's go for it anyway so I want to discuss artificial intelligence so oh, thank goodness we're drinking 8% beer yeah yeah we'll make the subject a bit lighter um, but it, it, artificial intelligence can with me it's, it's, it's amazing it, it, you know it, the, the steps we've got um, gone through so far to get to places like um, Alexa yeah. and I'll probably just set her off because I've got one in the other room now um, be, and I would say um, the one on the Apple phone but it's also going to go off and there's no point mentioning it because it's rubbish anyway it's very bad very very bad yeah. but those sorts of things are super useful um, I never I always thought oh there's no point in getting it it's just going to be a piece of rubbish but then your um, family have got one as well and you use it all the time and it's actually really useful I like that sort of thing and also, you know, the cleverer things get, so um, car factory, all factories, so many factories now are completely robotic, mm. which is bad for, um, people. obviously, people having jobs, <laughs> but it makes everything a lot more efficient. And, um, you know, robots, they're talking about making robots to just, robot police, robot firemen, doing all that sort of thing, mm. you know, instead of risking people's lives. To, and I like that. that, that's really cool. But if big scientists like um, Stephen Hawking uh, are saying that it could that his words exactly what it could end mankind if AI got to the point where it was um, what's the point where it can't it doesn't realize it, or you you're speaking to an AI and you can't really you can't figure out that it's a robot that's the point where it's that that's AI is working really well and when it gets to that, when it gets to that point, he thinks it could end mankind, and because it could get to the point where it can redesign itself, so you have no control over it anymore. And then you've got other other people. Elon Musk says um, true true AI would be summoning the devil. <laughs> Having said that, though, he just filled it in all of his cars. <laughs> yeah, his cars are basically the, like the clever. Was well, some of the cleverest AI you can have? I mean, there's some of the they're self driving cars. Yes, they're. they're amazing and then you've got Bill Gates as well who like he, he likens AI to nuclear weapons they can be very useful for when you want them to be but they can also destroy everything that's exactly what I think I was going to bring up nuclear weapons because I think AI all these big people freaking out about it all these all these people possibly because they are so egotistical they don't like the idea of there being something on the planet that's more intelligent than them um, Good moment, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but, but nuclear weapons, you know, when you think of it, you can liken them to them, but you can also say, well, you know, it's not like us humans aren't very dangerous anyway. You know, we've we've done some pretty damn awful things. You know. Maybe it'd be good to have something actually make logical decisions for once, rather than... But that's the issue, isn't it? That's where people are getting scared. If they're too clever, then they'll be like, well, what's the point in humans? We'll just kill them all, because they're killing the, killing the Earth. And then you've got the whole Earth just actually robots. It's like that film, um, The World's End. <laughs> that's <laughs> what's going to happen. I was not expecting you to say that. You, you were going to say I was going to uh, ex machina film. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, ex I was thinking maybe even you get... Um, I wrote what's the, what's the um, Stanley Kubrick film? 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> I am sorry. But no. Oh, I, went, I went straight for the world's <laughs> end. <laughs> love it. Yes. Um, you went for the world's end. Great film. Have you ever seen ex machina? Yeah. I love, love, love that film. I thought it was so, so good. It was really good. But it did make me freak out a bit. 
Because yeah. at the because the, the whole point of the film is that he's there testing um, if he believes it's really a real AI to sort of see if he can um, recognize if it's mm. a non-human, and it gets to the point where it locks him. It, it locks. Well, it kill. I think it kills one of them. It kills. And it locks and it locks one of them in a in the room and so, disappears. So the genius billionaire is played by Oscar Isaac, mm. who's also in. He plays Poe in um, the Star Wars. Films. Yes, yes. In the new yep. Star Wars films. Yep. And that's right, he invites... Oh, I think his name's Benjamin something. Um, he is also in the new Star Wars films, actually. He's also the ginger guy in Love Actually. No, yeah. not Love Actually. Um, About Time. Yeah. Um, and anyway, that's right, and he's there to test if, if, if they're real. And he ends up falling in love mm. with the AI and then getting locked in by the AI and getting and then she also played by Alicia Vicetta or whatever uh, I can't remember say what her, as in I can't remember exactly what her second name is um, she stabs Oscar Isaac and yeah. goes into the world and you know you totally believe that she's going to completely um, fit into the into the world she's not going to yeah. be recognisable as AI and that's the point isn't it yeah that, that's, that's true AI yeah. What, what if we can make that? That's pretty terrifying, isn't it? Oh, we're so far away from that, though. But are we? Yeah, so <laughs> are we? <laughs> we are so far away from that, I'm, I'm sure. I... Some people think they've made, made, they've made it already. Some people are actually having them tested. I can't remember who it is, but there's one of the big software companies having, having one, uh, their AI constantly tested because they believe it can think for itself. Which, you know, a lot of these things can think for themselves, but it's the fact that, like you said, they can blend in without being noticed that they're not human. When something can think for itself, do you have to start giving it rights? That's another good point, because that, that also cropped up when I was looking um, up this topic, was someone, there was a hitchhiking robot and someone destroyed it. And everyone's like, well, if that's, because if, if that's AI and it can think for itself, is that murder? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, that all gets very blurry, it doesn't it? It is very blurry, but if something can think for itself, is it an artificial intelligence overtaking the world, or is it a alien invasion, or such? Wow. Um, well, I think I think well, let's just finish it there. Really. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> I freaked myself out. AI. <laughs> well, we haven't actually answered any of our questions. AI is. I think it's. Bad. It's um, not. It's not bad yet. But it could be bad. We lean on it too much. Definitely, these people who read newspapers while letting their Tesla drive the car. Mm. They. So a video the day where someone fell asleep on the motorway. Exactly, that yeah. kind of thing. We lean on it too much, but it's good. And whichever that big software company is, I think which one it was. Regardless of my scepticism as to how far away it is, because I don't, I don't know. Obviously, um, they are probably very smart to do so because you know, otherwise you fall behind and then all of a sudden you're buggered. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's a pretty scary thing, though. It is a bit scary. Should we uh, get the half-time beers out on that point? I, I realised that was quite a very intense topic. <laughs> it was an intense topic. When you sent me it, I thought, ooh, <laughs> this is going to be bad. So, this next bit, um, it comes in a wrapper that looks like it's dressed up as one of the KKK. It does. It's, famous, it's a famous beer, isn't it? It now? is a very famous beer, but unfortunately, as it's stamped on the front, this is the cease and desist final batch. You will never see this again. So if any of you are watching and you want some of this, it is delicious, delicious yellow belly, uh, a collaboration between Buxton and Omnipolo. Um, 
I have had it before and it is delicious. Why is it why is it ceasing and desisting? So I this this is ridiculous, but I, I it's it, the part of it you think is probably because um Buxton and Omnipolo can make some money out of it because it's kind of cool because this will be the last ever thing you have well last ever one you'll have. Um but the official reason is because Bateman's Brewery, so big, big brewery in Lincolnshire, um, also has a beer called Yellow Belly Gold, and they have managed to get lawyers involved to the point where Omnipolo have been told that they're not allowed to make it anymore under that under that name. What a bunch of asses! Yeah, especially when what this beer stands for. So you know, this beer stands for. Um, well, a yellow belly, I guess, it's a term, it's an American term, really, isn't it, really, for like a coward. Um, and so it, it's again, it's against um, all big political parties like the uh, BNP, EDL. Um, I've got a massive list here of all very equivalent groups of answers, but in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's just trying to protest against all of these horrible fascist things that shouldn't be around anyway. I, yeah, I presume it's protesting white supremacy or something. Given exactly, the, exactly. The uh, KKK cover all. And it's, it's horrible that they're going to have to stop making it for, you know, a beer that means so much more than any of the Bateman's beers do, in my eyes yes. anyway. But let's, let's, let's give this a I've never I've seen this. I've yeah, seen so this d- beer around. Yeah, you, you will have seen it around. It's, it's going quick. Um, there, I, I don't know many shops that have still got it left. I was luckily, I was lucky enough to. Oh, I've got more than you. Don't That's right. Um, I was lucky enough to get this one uh, from the House of Trembling Madness in York, which oh, is as mad as it sounds. It's just a huge. They call it a beer mansion, and it's it's fantastic. It biggest beer shop you've ever been to. Biggest beer shop I've ever been to. Yeah. Is it? Has it got stats? Is it like the biggest beer shop in the world or anything? I don't think so. But there's two in York. The same place, like there's two House of Trembling Madnesses in York. I think it's weird that like there can be two McDonald's on the same street and they make a profit. Let alone yeah, two yeah. craft beer shops on the same street making. Well, it shows you what's happening to craft beer. It does. It? It's very exciting. So, um, cheers for the last time. Cheers for the first and last. Wow. So it's a peanut butter stout. What percentage is it? Uh, very very high, like eleven. <laughs> 11 point something. It doesn't actually set. Oh, that's always concerning. <laughs> uh, yeah, gamble. Gamble, right. It smells nice. It smells like a really... It does smell like peanut butter. It's very nutty. It smells, it smells nutty, exactly. But it it also isn't at all... Which is... Anything that's... anything Any stouts that's over 11%. I think I was chatting about this last week. Mm. I always get concerned about the whole... Uh, the alcoholness. The, alcohol, yeah, the alcoholness. I know, I know what you mean. You, you get this sort of... The burn, but then you can almost taste just pure ethanol. It, ta- it starts to taste a bit repulsive. But that... Wow. Yeah. yeah. So nutty. But sweet and complicated and... Uh, it has some fruit. It's almost like a, you know, we've, we've, I think we've had before a peanut butter and jelly beer that tastes quite similar. Mm. But uh, that's it's nutty. It is nutty, but it's not dessert in a can. <coughs> <laughs> How is it to inhale? Is it <coughs> not a good idea. Much better to drink it in the lungs. 
Oh. It's, it's not actually it's, it's it's smoky with the, the dessert in a can was really sweet it was literally is a dessert in a can that's that's got some savoriness to it and it still got it retains sounds weird stoutiness mm. to it it's not like you're just drinking peanuts or yes. dessert in a can it was maple and pecan i think i guess that comes you can really taste the roasted malt in it which that is the the, the foundations of a stout is really dark roasted malt so you've got it's, it's quite a little bit more bitter and it's it's just got all the chocolatey burnt 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 chocolate coffee flavors in it that's, that's really quite nice okay so ratings of the beer ratings of the beer I said wow initially. I was like wow, which it's proper Owen Wilson. I Owen Wilson is like wow, and it is wow, and it's really good, but it's not. It's not close to a ten out of ten to me. Okay. Um, I would say it beats the juice. The the juicy one, the Calippo. I I think it's eight. I think it's eight. Can we do half points? I mean, you can if you see it picked. I, I definitely. Cool. I, I think it's to me, it's an eight. Because I was, I would go eight, eight and a half. Because there are there are stouts that I've had that are better, um, but not many. I think that, that that's close. It's close to being absolutely perfect for me. Because some some stouts for me are a bit too sweet. Mm. That still has, like you said, you summed it up so well. It, is, it still has stout. Some of the really sweet ones to me, I love them. But it's it's not a static like it is. So as some of them describe, our dessert in a can. Yeah. <laughs> this this has still that sort of innate stouty richness to it. It does, and and, and I love it for that. Absolutely, I've got a real sweet too, so it makes sense. That's yeah. why I would be half a point down. And obviously, you know what it stands for is just fantastic, well, it's and it's a shame to never see it again. And it is, and it deserves as well. It deserves recognition for the ingenious packaging and things like that because yes. it makes a big deal it's, it's like why we listen to records and it's yeah. because it just it adds to an event absolutely when, when I originally had this I looked at the sort of the white casing and I went is that allowed? is this <laughs> a joke? Is that, I genuinely didn't realise what it was what the idea was and so I bought it because I was like well, I've, just, I've got to and then I looked up and I, was, I looked at the story and I was like Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. They're not just racist. <laughs> it's, it's not a racist brewery. They're actually completely against that. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's, it does. It's fantastic. It's nice. When you take it off, actually, I, I like the, the bottle even without the packaging on it. It's just nice, white, Super clean. simple, isn't it? Yeah, really nice and clean. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. good. What's, what's on the bottom? That's the people who make it. As in, it's got the individual brewers. I guess so. Listed. It's just a little quote above. A person who is without courage, fortitude, or nerve. A coward. That's the definition of a yellow belly. Bit harsh. Yeah. Mm. Well, don't be a yellow belly. Don't be a yellow. Right, onwards and forwards. Okay, so the next topic is yours, um, and well, you, you describe your this topic right. because it's, it is an interesting one. I was a bit of a moron. Okay, because I have come up with this topic and then have no answer on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all of our topics. It's like all of our topics. <laughs> yes, but. This topic could have an answer, but it doesn't. The topic was, if you could go to a country, any country in the world, for a month, but then, at the end of that month, you can never go back to that country again, you have to leave and never go back to that country again, what country would be? A whole month in a country, and then for the rest of your years, never visit it again. 
See, now you've just explained that it's kind of almost... I, I, I did come to an answer, actually, but now I'm not sure, because it really is. What if I want to go back? Well, that's the thing. It adds... I, I, oh, so it's I, a good addition to that, actually. I sense this question ahead to Toby, because this needs some thinking, and then... <clears throat> We both had, I presume, answers to it. And then I turned up here this evening and thought, and said to him, you know what would be better? If then you can never go back to that country, you spend a month and never go back, and it's just, obviously it just changes everything completely. Because in my opinion, out of the window suddenly are Tokyo, New York, um, couldn't have, I, I think Paris, and anywhere where there's livability to me, yeah. you know, in a, in a very plush first world way because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being the weak man that I am. I think we both need money before that. Oh, well, we need money before that, but exactly, but yeah, I need money before I'm allowed to board a plane. Crikey. <laughs> and a passport. And a passport. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you my thought process. So I originally went Italy. I love Italy. Mm. Absolutely love it. But then, first of all, this was when you said that you've got a month, a month to travel it, and you said nothing about you're never allowed to go again. But I was thinking a month to go around Italy, um, I would be worried that I would do it, I'd do too much of it and not want to go back, in a way. Oh, and also because I love the food, but I doubt it changes that much for a month. It's a lot of pasta. It's, it's a lot of pasta and a lot of pizza. But then also, then when you said I'm never allowed to go back, I was like, but I need myself some Italian pizza, so I need to go back. So I did this whole circle in my head, so I eventually was just like, no, I just can't go for Italy. It's too, it's too um, well, yeah, emotionally my, taxing for me. My realisation was, I love driving to places. I don't like it in planes, um, which is good because I very rarely go on holiday. Um, but I don't like getting the planes anyway when I go. I I think it's waiting at the airport for five hours mm. to get on a plane, which is, even if the plane's only going to take two hours, then you spend twice the amount of time waiting at the airport to get on the plane, and the journey itself is ridiculous. But I like to drive, and therefore, something like France is completely out of the question because France is the ticket to anywhere. Belgium's yeah. the ticket to a lot of places, really. Yeah. Even little, little Luxembourg is yeah. quite useful to. And Germany. Because you Germany. kind of go in and out of Germany to get yeah. to a lot of places as well. That's right. Germany's on the routes for anyone. Italy wouldn't be too bad, actually. You could kind of skirt over Italy, but Italy is a lovely place. I think I would actually go for uh, a month in in a country in, in Africa or something like that. Potentially somewhere where it's, to me, being a very fortunate person who lives in a first world country would be very uncomfortable potentially mm. and is an experience hopefully a life um, a, a, an eye-opening and life-changing experience you'd learn a lot and I'd learn a huge amount <clears throat> and yet I wouldn't be in my especially when I start getting a bit older I would be thinking to myself oh it's going to be you know a great you know I'm, I'm desperate to go back there mm. because of, I, I, I don't know maybe it's because it, it might be more of a youth thing sort of yeah. thing as opposed to when I'm 40 or 60 or something you know still desperate Quite to go back there even when my life has slowed down a little bit yeah um, so I think that would be or, or somewhere where there's a, a real good mountainous range mm. go climb a few mountains for a, for a couple of months yeah so I don't have a definitive answer yet 
give me two minutes. <laughs> you, okay, so I I think I've got a definitive answer, but I'm going to go through a couple of the others that I pondered on for a bit. Okay. Um, Australia. <gasps> I would love to go to Australia, but I don't know if I'd love to go for a month. That that's that's my my issue with that because I think if I ever went to Australia, it probably would be a once in a lifetime thing. Um, and that's when I go, and then I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing, and then I want to go back. But I want to go, and I probably want to go to watch the Boxing Day test, England, Australia, the Ashes, you know, it'd be absolutely amazing. But again, it only lasts like five days. It's not really going to fill up a whole month. So I ruled that one out. Japan was up there as well for me. Um, but from what I've heard from people who have gone to Japan, Japan's very hectic, very expensive. But then I also thought... Is this month all expenses paid? I hadn't thought that that, that far into it. Because um, it is, it is, that's a big thing. <laughs> it, is a big, it is a big thing. Can I afford this month? You can afford the month. Okay, okay it's not all expense paid. Okay. But you're at a position where you can happily afford it in a regular holiday budget, you know. Okay. Okay, so I'll probably be able to afford Japan for a month. Um, yeah, but you're, theoretically, I'm, 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 right not paying, now, I'm, I'm not paying for you to go to five-star hotels every evening. Oh. You're an Airbnb boy. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Japan sounds a bit too hectic for me. Uh, it'd be nice to go on holiday there and experience the culture and everything, but for a month, I think I'd, it'd just blow my mind. Um, okay, okay. I, 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 think I, I think I am happy with my decision. Oh, it's a bit of a cheat because it's so big that it, you can do a lot in a month. But I'd probably do America. Really? Yeah, because I've never done it before. So I, I, you know, I've never been, I've never been to anywhere at all. So I've got the whole of America to explore for a month, and for me, that would include doing all of the amazing breweries that I'm never going to be able to go to because they're so far away. And so the, you, those beers, I'm not, you can't even get in the UK because they don't export. So you, I, would, I would do that. I'd go to places like Yellowstone National Park. You go to the Grand Canyon. In America, there's so much. You've, you've got your landscapes to look at. Uh, I love trees. You've got your redwoods in wherever it is, and you know, the forest in a forest somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got you've got your landscapes. You've got your nature. You've got your um, toilet full on tourism type thing. You've got your beaches in Florida. I feel like America, from what I've heard. Um, has got a bit of everything for me in that whole month. Oh, that's interesting because I was thinking a month wouldn't be enough for somewhere like America. Maybe that's because I like the idea of, I don't know, you know, as in living in a specific place for a wee mm. while. I'm not sure, but somewhere that big for a whole month freaks me out. It's, it, to me, it's like I would rather... I was thinking, actually, after you mentioned Australia, maybe New Zealand Okay, could be perfect. Because it's very small and beautiful, and I think I could really is, but, but it's got fantastic culture. I mm. can ingrain myself into that culture for a month, which would be, I would really like to feel like I have, yeah, been a part of the culture rather than surfing around, yeah, you know, and and having a hectic, undoubtedly incredible mm. month, but a month that's instead of constantly on the move, I've had a month where. I've absorbed yeah the bit more of a chilled version of it as well then yeah I think so I think so I think so and I hope that I wouldn't have a need to go back there again I would probably pine for it at some point in my life but I wouldn't miss out on opportunities or something with the size of New Zealand you can pretty much make sure you've ticked 
every box. Exactly. I can see a lot of sheep. So is it, yeah, <laughs> a lot of sheep. <laughs> is that is that your? Is that, that would your be my answer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I like that topic. It was quite fun. That was fun. And then, so yeah, my last topic is is less fun, um, and more because. Um, is I it, got annoyed with something in the news over the week. Is it AI again? No, that was that freaked me out in the end. I don't want to do that topic again. <laughs> but my, my last topic is sporting bans. Are they long enough? Are they severe enough? Um, basically, like I said, it all comes down to uh, something I saw in the news that really annoyed me, um, which was that David Warner and um, Steve Smith from the Australian cricket team are... They've, they've done their ban now and they're allowed to go and play for Australia. What were they banned for? 12 months. For what, doing what? Okay, so if you haven't heard this, it was, it's, it's pretty shoddy. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. So they they ganged up, well, this is the alleged, alleged story and apparently it's only these three involved, but they ganged up on um, Cameron Bancroft, who had not been in the team for very long, a youngster. And they said to him uh, to take a little piece of sandpaper in his pocket onto the pitch and scratch the ball to get the ball rough on one side. So in cricket, that helps the ball swing uh, for fast bowlers. Um, whether it was just those three involved, uh, we've all been through that in the news. Who cares? That, that's gone now. But Cameron Bancroft got a nine-month ban, um, and he's been playing since. Um, you know, I... It, what he did annoys me, um, but if he was pressured into it, being the youngest one there, the, being the new, one of the newest ones, you do in a way you slightly feel sorry for him, but at the same time you're a professional athlete, don't be stupid. But the thing that annoys me is, so when I saw these guys have come back and they, they come back after their 12 month ban, there's a new um, Australian coach now, uh, Justin Langer, and he said they're like two brothers coming home. And everyone apparently was cuddling in the in the uh, dressing rooms and all. And it was, that really, really grinded my gears so much because even the Australian Prime Minister, when it all happened, said, "No, this is disgusting. You know, cricket's our national sport. It's it's part of our blood, and and they've done this." And then it's all like, "Oh yeah, they're back. Great." That it, that really does my head in. And I, I I I thought from the very beginning that I didn't think their bands were long enough to be honest. Because I think when you do something like that. Um, maybe essentially you should be gone for good it's it's not surprise professional sport is so brutal that it was undoubted I bet it was the norm I imagine that that kind of practice was the norm for probably every team mm. you can't say for certain at all maybe you know maybe their, their error was in getting a youngster to, 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 to do it who didn't have the experience very, in knowing how to cheat effectively. And a very good cameraman. And a very good cameraman. <laughs> it was amazing, the footage. Yeah, quite. So, it's... It's a... They've got to be allowed back. They've got to be allowed to play. I think the, the issue as well is to sports persons, sport is... It takes such dedication that... You banning them from playing sport for the rest of their life, professional sport for the rest of their life, is for some it could literally be a death sentence. For for others, it, you know, it's 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 too final. It's too and it's and it's a loss potentially as well to 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 sport 
having very talented persons make an error and and be and you know and and, and, and just be erased from, from from any possibility. Yeah, I I do I do get that, but it's just part of the job as being a professional sportsman that you play by the rules. It's, it's like any job, you play by the rules unless, or you're fired. They don't say, oh, come back in a couple of weeks' time. Well, very rarely they do. If you do something bad against the rules, you're gone. So why, why is their job any different? I'll, I'll give you a couple, a couple more. I find a huge, ridiculous list. So um, another uh, cheating in, in cricket, um, but resulted in a ban, so spot fixing. So that's where... Uh, cricketers were paid money to do certain things at a certain time in the match for basic other people to get money if they put a bet on that thing happening. Mm. Um, and so let me read you the top five. So uh, Salim Malik played for Pakistan, uh, who got banned in 2000 for offering bribes. Um, uh, and he got banned for life, a lifetime for corruption. So he's a lifetime ban. And then in 2008, it was overturned. Okay, and then another one, you've got Atta Raymond for Pakistan, got a lifetime ban uh, in 2000, and that was lifted in 2006. You've got um, one, two, four Indian cricketers who got lifetime bans in uh, two, all in 2000. They were uplifted in 2003, 2012, and 2014. What's the point? What's the point in a lifetime ban if you're just going to overturn it? <laughs> yeah, but the other, it just it does my head in because you know eventually when these things happen, you're like, oh, they've made the right decision. They've banned them for life. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh no, you can you can come back. That's so weak. That's why this is happening so all the time. That's why the ball tampering is happening all the time. Fear not. I have a solution. I I want sports purgatory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyone who's caught who's caught cheating in a sport and is banned, maybe they have to serve a sentence still, but possibly for life, they have to play in a different league. They have to play in the cheaters league. Lance okay. Armstrong. <laughs> so so you know, well Lance Armstrong was caught after he finished racing. Um, Maria Sharapova would be playing in a league of other juicers. Yeah. As with all of the, the Russian athletes. And they're all going to play each other's sport. Well, I don't know about that. But my thought, my <laughs> thought is, how exciting, not only would that suddenly set, that manage to finally separate cheaters and non-cheaters so that you've got clean sport, but the cheating sport would be so exciting. I, this, I think they should do a, a, a doping Olympics. Drug Olympics, yeah. That'd be so quick. They It'd be would. amazing. They would. <laughs> so quick, that was so strong. I mean, Great to watch. It, yeah. But it, speaking of the Olympics, the Russian ban on all Russian athletes for state-funded doping, that's a good ban. They're actually sticking with that one as well by the looks of it. I thought that was... Oh, they're overturning it. I don't, well, I don't know yet. I don't know, no, it was always a bit peculiar, wasn't it? But um, I'm not sure. But it's. That's what I, I genuinely actually do. It's funny, but it's also, I think if you had all the dope athletes, the, the, the doping athletes, um, having to compete in a different league against one yeah. another, then it would make for a different sport, which means different appeal, and also 
suddenly got you know they're, they're, they're still still playing their sport but they're separate I like the, I like the idea yeah. but in the meantime if you're going to ban someone it's got to be what the ban says you can't do a lifetime ban and overturn it especially for something like cheating I'm guessing this is because it's sports federations are, when they switch heads and charge and stuff like that so then it's yeah um, I, I don't know the politics of it no. and it's, it's all very complicated I, I guess this topic wasn't really um most of our topics, we come to a conclusion, uh, come to a, a, an ending opinion. For me, this topic was just a bit of a rant that I wanted to a, get out. Yeah, you were really. just a bit angry, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in a, in a few months' time, the obviously the World Cricket World Cup's here in England, and I'm just going to go down the road to Trent Bridge and watch Australia play uh, West Indies. So, right. I think well, that's so that sums all. That's all of our topics for this week. I think it was good. It was good fun again. We've, Highly successful. I may have got a bit angry, but. I think I think that was good. Um, the beers are good. Delicious beers. The beers are really good. We only had two rather than three as we had last week because eight percent and eleven percent, and uh, <laughs> got to do got to function. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in that case, uh, we're going to think of a few more topics for next week. And if you're listening, that one listener out there, um, please come back. Hi, mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please come back, please. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, kind regards. Thank you very much.